Welcome to the Around the Net podcast powered by Callaway Golf. Here's your host, AJ Volpel. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the latest episode of the Around the Met podcast powered by Callaway Golf. I am your host, AJ Vopel, and this is a monthly show where we cover all the people, places, and exciting things happening in the Met area and within the Metropolitan Golf Association. Uh, so when you're done with this episode, and if you like what you heard, make sure, and hopefully that's the case, obviously, but make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Spotify by searching Around the Met or Callaway Podcast. And this is the last show of 2019, and it's been a year filled with amazing guests. Uh, we started with John Jennings, the superintendent of Chinnacock, for a little U.S. Open preview. Then we jumped to Hank Haney, who answered all of your instru uh, instruction questions. We had Jimmy Roberts talking about the Ryder Cup, Slugger White talking about rules. Uh, really just an, an incredible lineup. Uh, so thank you to everyone uh, at the Metropolitan Golf Association and um, uh, Helen Stock and Mike Z for helping us uh, secure all these awesome guests. Uh, and if you missed any of those episodes, definitely give them a listen. They're still uh, completely relevant now. Some of them were timely, but uh, some great knowledge was dropped. So definitely give them a listen if you haven't yet. Uh, but this month, we are talking, we are previewing. We are, I have my hands over the crystal ball. We are talking the 2019 PGA Championship and the Bethpage Black Course. One of my favorite places in the entire world because as crazy as it sounds, the tournament is like five months away and winter hasn't started yet. And, you know, I actually remember covering the announcement at Beth Page for the MGA back in, I think it was September of 2013, uh, when Ted Bishop, um, uh, Pete Bavacqua, uh, I think even Governor Cuomo was there. Uh, they were announced that the PGA Championship was coming uh, to the Black Horse um, on the heels of, you know, two U.S. Opens and some Barclays. And they announced the Ryder Cup in 2024, which was really crazy uh, and very surprising. Uh, there's a ton of media there. It was really, really fun. I think you might even be able to find that article still on mjgolf.org. Uh, it's got to be up there in the archive somewhere. But, geez, I can't believe that was literally five years ago now. And, and <laughs> now we're literally on the heels of the of the PGA. And, and listen, there's going to be some drama, some second guessing during the off season about the timing of the 2019 PGA being in May. But you know what, that, that's all it's gonna be is just talk and drama because anyone who, who has grown up in the Northeast or plays golf in the Northeast knows that May is one of the best months of the year to play golf. The golf bug hits around late February and rises steeply around the Masters in April and then really comes to a peak in the first or second week in May, and with no hu heat and humidity like it normally is in August, I mean, come on, uh, we will take that trade any day of the year. Uh, what a freaking money move by the PGA. Uh, I'm knocking on wood right now, obviously, but you know, a Northeast venue in May, I mean, I say let's freaking go. I mean, that is just so ideal uh, from an excite uh, excitement standpoint, uh, from a playability standpoint. I mean, you know, those boys at Beth Page are going to have the course in amazing shape. Um, and uh, our guest today, Andrew Wilson, who is the director of agronomy at Beth Page State Park, who's been at Beth Page since the early 90s. Nobody knows the golf courses like him. He's going to come on. We're going to cover it all with Andrew from setup, changes, logistics, weather. When this episode is over, you're literally going to be an expert on all things Beth Page Black. Uh, but before we get to our conversation with Andrew, want to give a couple quick shout-outs 
The first, of course, to the MGA Player of the Year, Darren Goldstein, who just continues to kill it. I feel like he's been, you know, on the honor roll for the last 10 years. Um, he's made all the international teams the last couple of years for the MGA. Uh, plays out of Deepdale. Uh, an amazing player, amazing guy. Congratulations to Darren. Um, amazing stuff there. And also the MGA Junior Player of the Year presented by Callaway Golf. It's a big deal to everybody here at Callaway Golf. Um, and that goes to none other than Jack Wall from the, the Great Wall family, um, who, who I've got to know in, um, over the course of, I would say, the last uh, seven or eight years. Uh, but Jack is heading to South Carolina, I think, um, in two years, where he's going to uh, play his college golf. But runner-up, low am at the Med Open. I mean, are you kidding me? Uh, just an amazing player. Uh, hits the living crap out of the ball. So congrats to Jack Wall from everybody um, at Callaway Golf. Uh, congrats to Jack. And uh, another quick shout-out to the fastest-growing golf ball brand since 2013, and that is, of course, Callaway and Chrome Soft. And Callaway is offering free personalization on all Chrome Soft balls until December 12th. So after you listen to this podcast, I highly suggest you head over to CallawayGolf.com and get your holiday shopping over with. Just personalize a couple dozen for, for the golfers in your life, and boom, click Submit. Nate, my producer, I'm looking at you. Just click Submit. And that's it. Chris, uh, your holiday shopping is over, you know? It's as simple as that. So uh, good stuff there. A uh, lot of shout-outs, but, you know, got to gotta give them. But now it's time to talk about the PJ Championship, the winter, and all things Beth Page Black with Director of Agronomy, Andrew Wilson. We'll be back right after this very short 15-second break. This is PJ Tour winner Adam Hadwin, and you're listening to the Around the Met podcast. Be sure to check out all podcasts on the Callaway Network by searching Callaway Podcasts on iTunes or visiting CallawayGolf.com's homepage. Back to you, AJ. All right, we are back here on the Around the Met podcast. As promised, we have Andrew Wilson, Director of Agronomy at Beth Page State Park, on the phone. Andrew, it is uh, winter is coming, as they say in Game of Thrones. Um, how are you doing, and um, how are you guys preparing for the winter over there at Beth Page? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, the course is doing okay. The crew is pretty excited. Uh, we're just sort of putting the course to bed and in the best way we can. And uh, yeah, some routine maintenance and some other things. A little, you know, a little bit of routine maintenance and a little bit of preparation uh, for next May, uh, where I'm actually on the. I'm actually sitting in the truck on in the rough on number 17 and looking out on some grading stakes where they're going to be installing some gravel roads and things like that. So, uh, you know, things are going to start happening pretty fast here. So we're all pretty excited. That's awesome. And actually, I follow you on Twitter. Um, definitely want to give your Twitter a plug. But I saw the other day that you posted that you guys were doing some uh, sodding on 17 as well on the walkways, right? Right. Yeah, we're just sodding. Uh, so, I mean, some of the areas we do it every year anyway. We have some really... Uh, you know, the Blacks are a fairly busy course as far as uh, northeast courses go for, for championship courses. So uh, we have to sod some walk uh, walk areas like the, the tee to fairway spots and then even some green surrounds where the, you know, the, the black course being an all walking course, we tend to have uh, kind of caddy trails or, or goat trails or whatever you want to call them where uh, everyone has to exit the enter, exit and enter a green the same way. So we tend to sod those areas pretty much yearly. Ah, right on, right on. So, um, so Andrew, just uh, give us a little bit uh, about your background, kind of how long you've been at Beth Page, or just uh, prior jobs in agronomy that you've held, just to give the listeners uh, just a little bit of reference. 
well, I've been at Bethpage. I'm a, I'm a company man, actually. I've mm. been at Bethpage since uh, working summers in about nine, since about 1990. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> I graduated school with an English degree, and I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do with that <laughs> just yet. And while I was while I was working at the park, uh, then uh, let's see, in the mid 90s, it's when uh, Dave Catalano started in the park, and he he sort of helped, he definitely helped me quite a bit. And then a year or two later is when they announced the U.S. Open. And then at that time, they hired Craig Currier as well. Mm -hmm. And Craig uh, sort of uh, took a shine to me. I guess uh, my my willingness to work uh, from sunup to sundown every day uh, kind of impressed him. (laughs) So, you know, after that, at the time, the state was pretty bereft of any employees with any sort of uh, agronomic education or anything like that. It was a lot of uh, sort of retired guys and second careers that were running golf courses here. So uh, the USGA and then certainly Craig knew that that had to change. So uh, at that point, uh, I went to Rutgers. Uh, Charlie Reedlinger, who's the superintendent of Montauk Downs, he also was yep. going to Rutgers when I was uh, I was there. So uh, the state you know, kind of invested in a couple of guys. And uh, since then, uh, I was on the black course a couple of years, and then I was on the green course for about a decade uh, as a superintendent. And... You know, we've done some work with Cornell University over there. That was sort of uh, kind of common and local knowledge and national knowledge, doing some, some work out there. And then in 2010, when Craig left to, to take over Glen Oaks, that's when I took over as the director of agronomy here at Beth Page. So I've been here, uh, you know, full-time of 25 years or so. So it's been a, a good run for me. Oh, that's amazing. So, okay, so director of agronomy, because you mentioned um, superintendents, and I know that um, – Who's it? Mike Hadley is the superintendent of the Black Course, right? Correct. Yeah, each course has a superintendent. Oh. So Mike Hadley is now the super on the Black. He's been here since uh, the first open. He's been here for quite a long time too. Yep. Uh, so you know, Mike was uh, you know he worked on the Black Course for a, a summer or two, and then for a year or two before the O2 Open, and then he took over the Red Course for about a decade, and then in between in between the two Barclays we hosted. Uh, I, you know, put Mike in charge of the black horse and he's done a fantastic job. So that the course is really, uh, you know, really shaped up. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's excellent now. I think we're, we're in really good shape and into the next May and all, you know, that's a lot of that's down to Mike's, uh, knowledge and leadership. So, okay. So you oversee all the superintendents and then pretty much all the maintenance staff. So it's a pretty, I mean, five courses, that's a pretty heavy team now. Right, right. Uh, for five courses, we're a little on the lean side. We're probably about six, fifty to sixty guys. Uh, so the black horse gets the black horse is about half the employees. I'd say half our employees are either on the black horse or mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have to keep the have to keep the equipment running, and then the other courses are a little bit leaner. But the the black horse employees will help out whenever we have tournaments or outings or, or things like that. Uh, it's also good for having such a big operation. It's one of the ways we can attract new employees, as we always have construction projects and things going on on any of the five courses so we have a lot of uh, opportunity for experience with uh you know bunker construction peak construction irrigation renovation so there's a lot of different things we can offer guys even on years when uh you know the black horse might not be doing as much but then we're doing projects on the other courses or, or vice versa so uh yeah pretty good team here so when when the PJ rolls around, um i'm kind of uh skipping forward a little bit here but when the PJ rolls mm-hmm. around where is it going to be a similar setup um, in terms of the driving range where you would either have it on the blue course or the yellow course? Um, and then, you know, obviously the putting green is the red putting green, but is that, is that kind of how uh, it's stenciled at this point? Yeah, it'll be uh, yeah very similar to the two opens. Probably 
I, I would say the O2 open was was uh, gigantic. I'd say this one seems to be a little more in line to the O9 open. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in a few ways. In some ways, it's going to be. It'll probably. It might be a little bit in between. I'd say, but. Uh, where the driving range will be at the first hole of the yellow course again. So that'll be the same spot. Uh, the, the bus terminal, like where the main entry gate, that's going to be on 10 of the yellow. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one thing that I think in 02, we had more corporate hospitality on uh, 1 and 18 of the green and 1 and 18 of the red. And for the PGA, there is, there's going to be the, that hospitality and, and the Wanamaker tent will be on one of the green There's hospitality on one of the red and over by the driving range, nine of the yellow last time was, uh, their practice area. So right now they're going to use that again for a practice chipping green, a practice chipping area, short game area. But on nine fairway of the yellow, there's also going to be championship shops. I think if anyone's been to any of the majors recently, yep. uh, in, in addition to the merchandise tent, there's, there's a you know, bunch of uh, merchandise tents for other vendors or, uh, you know, future PGA sites, things like that. So uh, nine of the yellow is going to be pretty built up over there as well. And then uh, they do a lot of decking too. They have a lot of decking, which I like a lot better than, uh, and, you know, God forbid it rains, uh, you know, so this way everyone can stay dry, but they're going to have like a little fan zone sort of area by one tee of the blue. And, uh, yeah, it looks pretty cool. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see all the, you know, the plans they have are, are pretty, are, are pretty cool. So, uh, it should give, yeah, it should be a good opportunity for all the, the public to get out here. I mean, I think, uh, the, the regular golfers seem to be pretty excited about it. You know, hope, hope we get a dry week. Right. As it <laughs> starts to rain. So, all right. So I'm, yeah. I'm from Westbury. Um, last winter, I've been out in California now for about five years, though, um, at Callaway. But, uh, you know, this past winter, uh, from from what I've heard from friends and family and everybody over at the uh, Metropolitan Golf Association, uh, it was a miserable, awful winter. Uh, it, it seems like the winters kind of keep getting worse in terms of um, in terms of snow, in terms of just how freaking cold it is. But then I was... I was at the Black Horse for the MGA Day of Golf in May, and it was almost mm-hmm. around the same exact time that it was going to be hosted um, in 2019, and I was there in, 20, in, in 2018 for this Day of Golf. And, Andrew, it was like the, the greens, you could have, like, held a, a PJ Tour event on those greens. They were, like, literally perfect. Like, I, couldn't, I could not believe how amazing... Uh, the shape the course was after what this winter that everybody just described to me was like, you know, it was like the apocalypse. Um, now, now coming from your point of view and um, with your team, if we have a, if you guys have a winter similar to last year, uh, will it uh, propose more challenges to you, or do you think that like you would be able to get away with something even more severe and be okay come May? Uh, if, if I, I guess if, if, if I could take, uh, last winter, this winter, I, I take it just because we did come through it very well. And then all the short grass this may, the corresponding week, you know, we kind of did a practice run maintaining the course in a similar fashion this spring as we would like to do, uh, you know, this coming spring and the greens fairways, they were, they were great. I mean, it was, it was came out really well. So I, you know, if, uh, I'd rather deal with the with like some about the devil you know rather than uh, the devil you don't. So <laughs> the winter could always get the winter could always get worse when the when the PGA at first uh, uh, started asking about or you know even even coming up with the idea of switching the dates. Uh, you know, winter damage is the biggest uh, the biggest threat to any of that. When you know it happens, uh, it's happened two times in 
say in my my 20 years or so of greenskeeping uh, about the page, it's happened two times where we've had some severe winters where uh, the poa greens, especially the poa, gets really uh, it basically dies. It's an annual plant, and it'll it'll die, and then we have to worry about trying to re you know regrow greens or sod greens out, and uh, so that would be the biggest fear. So we didn't yeah. have any of that this past. We didn't have any of that this past winter. So uh, I, I guess I would take it if uh, if offered, and then. Uh, you know, I guess the other point of that would be, you know, we so we've had uh, severe winters that have damaged greens on the golf courses one out of ten years versus August, where you know nine out of ten Augusts are severely stressful to grass all the time. So, you know, it's we're, we're taking a you know what what might be a ten percent chance versus a ninety percent chance. So the May date, uh, you know, that should that should be in our wheelhouse, especially for POA. So hopefully, it's a good week for us. So. Um, I know I get this. I actually get this question a lot when I talk to golfers. They they when they pass a golf course and they see like constant snow. Say it just um, it's just a snowy winter and they pass a golf course and it's just constantly snow on the greens. Uh, what kind of effect does does covered just snow covered greens have? Like does that um, is that kind of what you were alluding to in terms of um, you know just like freezing and just uh, killing the poa or does it have no effect on the greens? Like, what? T- talk a little bit about that. Uh, well, I- ice is the real thing. You really don't want to have ah, okay. uh, ice on the greens, especially if, say, you get four or five inches, and then it gets up to forty-five degrees, and then all of a sudden it, you know, gets down to twenty-five. So it's constant freezing and thawing, and the if, and if the plant is encased in ice uh, for you know a, a month or so, then it's just it. it it can get uh, anaerobic where there's no oxygen there. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes there's direct, there can even be direct winter kill, which say if it's, you know, maybe you get a, a 50 degree weekend and then all of a sudden it goes down to 12 degrees one night, that can be direct kill. And sometimes it's even just desiccation where you just get a dried out plant, especially in the springtime that can happen where uh, if, if the, say if uh, there's no moisture in the plant and the, the poa plant, the roots are very shallow at that time of year and, uh, the wind can just basically just dry the plant out, and you get wind desiccation, and that can that can get rid of uh, that can you can lose some grass that way as well. And uh, you know, unfortunately, the two times we've had winter damage, even grass that looked okay in late March, all of a sudden when it starts to when it's time to get growing, that's when you notice it really you know it's not coming around. Mm-hmm. Like it's uh, so it's uh, yeah, it's just uh, that time of year we're going to be have to be pretty vigilant and just hope that. Uh, hopefully we'll get weather. The past two majors we've had, the past two U.S. Opens, uh, both winters were fairly mild. I mean, I, I think mm-hmm. one of those winters we, we we had less than 10 inches of snow for the whole year. Jeez. So uh, I think in general everyone would like that, but especially, uh, especially superintendents. <laughs> so, uh, but the polar the polar winter kill just for other you know golf course uh, people listening. You know, there's sometimes there's almost no rhyme or reason. Like you know, we have 90 greens here, and we'll 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 get to shovel some greens off, and some greens we won't shovel off, and then some of them that we shovel off will have dead grass, and some won't, and then some of the ones that we did shovel off will have dead grass, and yeah. some don't. So it's it's and it seems to be kind of a common refrain from superintendents. It's uh, you know you try your best, but at some point uh, you know. Mother Nature's working 20. Superintendents work pretty hard, but Mother Nature's works 24/7. <laughs> so uh, sometimes things happen, and, you, and then you just have to. Then it's just about the experience of how to react and, and how to get the grass back. Right, because I mean, even I mean, even this is this is kind of the um, extreme opposite, but I, I still want to bring it up. Um, this summer, that the Northeast saw with just like extreme heat temperatures, a ton of rain. Um, but yet again, you know, friends and 
um, colleagues who who either play in tournaments or just you know play the black often, just just because it's the course that we all grew up playing. They're like, yo, AJ, like this is crazy. The how amazing the course is in, the shape it's in, considering all the variables, and then. You know, some courses, um, you know, didn't do as well as others and everything like that. Is that a testament to your team and the, and the overall no knowledge of your team and, and maybe some experience? How did you guys, how were you guys able to uh, work through such extreme conditions uh, this summer and get the courses in such amazing shape? Yeah, a lot of it's really down to diligence. It's really uh, diligence and, and a little bit of luck. I think you have to be a little humble because uh, almost every superintendent's lost grass, and it's not a good feeling when you have uh, yeah. when you have when you lose grass, and I you just know. you know you you just look, watching it, trying to watch it every day, and uh, you know that's when you're literally hoping the grass will grow in front of your eyes. But you know a lot of it's down to diligence. I think with some of our the technology helps out a little bit now. We have moisture meters, and you know I think in the morning some of our uh, the early morning golfers might see some of our guys going around with, uh, you know, we're probing greens, you know, you, you probe it around 20 times a green just to see what, what the moisture level's at, just mm -hmm. to keep it at a, you know, within a certain range to keep it on the dry side. And then, uh, yeah. And then a little bit, that's a little bit of the experience of, of sometimes when you lose grass, you know how to keep it alive better the next time or just not getting too aggressive, knowing when to, you know, maybe roll the greens instead of cutting and rolling them or, or not, you know, you, you don't you don't want to double cut them, and and sometimes that that might even mean for a special event. Uh, you know, we might want to get the greens up to uh, you know a 12 on the stent meter, but you really can't. You really have to just take it a little easier and and just have the greens rolling true and firm, and and do your best that way. But uh, yeah, all, all superintendents try, and sometimes you hear about some guys who are having a tough season. You never want to hear that, but yeah, because uh, usually usually it's not through lack of usually it's not really lack of effort. Sometimes it could be. Uh, you know, it could be one bad night. <laughs> you could get one bad night that could really set you back. I know. Yeah, I yeah. talked to a, I talked to a couple over the summer that literally it was it was that, and they're just like, you know, it's kind of like chalk it up to just being kind of unlucky and just uh, you know, just kind of all a lot of variables happening at once. But um, so you know, the Black Horse it's known for this uh, tall golden fescue that we all love. It 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 provides just an amazing contrast to. Um, all the green, um, the brown color of the fescue. Uh, what, in a perfect world, I guess, or like, um, would would you guys be able to strike those kind of like I would say call them almost like midsummery or like a end of summer conditions um, that you see this beautiful um, fescue in contrast with the high rough. Like, will you guys be able to uh, achieve that? in may or are you or are you going to try to i know obviously it's uh, a lot of it's weather dependent um but is that something that you guys kind of have in the back of your minds uh yeah so for the past couple of years uh you know we, we kind of you know last year we definitely knew we were going to have it in may and i think the year before we were you know we, we had been asked about it so we were just keeping an eye on those things so the fescue it won't be like, say, a Shinnecock look where mm -hmm. that, that third week of June is a little, is a, you know, three or four weeks later would be much better for the fescue to grow up and get to that golden sort of wavy look. So, uh, I mean, when if say for the locals, you know, if you're driving down Round Swamp Road and you drive through, you know, you see the black horse on the, on the uh, you know, the west side of the road, uh, the broom sedge and broom, uh, blue stem and broom sedge plants, those are like the straw colored plants you'll see now. Ah, okay. So we're going to leave those up. We would usually cut those down uh, in the wintertime, uh, and then they kind of go dormant for the winter. And then the fescue plants, uh, the fine fescue is that is sort of a, 
you know, it gets kind of uh, almost like a purple seed head in the spring and then gets kind of golden colored yep. around uh, late June, early July. So we won't have that. We won't have that look. So it'll be a little more uh, dappled with the uh, the broom sedge and blue stem plant. So that'll give that that sort of straw golden colored appearance. Uh, you know, we actually have a horticulturalist in the park. So in addition to taking care of some of our uh, pollinator gardens and the clubhouse area gardens, he he actually collects seed off all these plants and he has a greenhouse. So he grows several thousand a year. So, uh, you know, we, we're actually been planting those as falls and in, in a bunch of areas just to sort of, uh, you know, get that look Very on the cool. golf course. Uh, yeah. Especially even when we redo bunkers, like, you know, this, uh, this spring and last fall, the last, last fall, this time of year, we were doing, uh, renovating some bunkers on 18 of the black, and then we can take those plants and, you know, plant them. So it gives it that sort of instant rustic look to them. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because, like, especially, like, on TV, when you're looking at it, you're just like, oh, it's just so aesthetically pleasing, you know? It's just, like, it's just beautiful and right, and right. kind of, like, and just unique to the area. Um, you know, just it just makes a golf course just look so big and uh, contrasted, just, just awesome. But uh, a couple more questions for you, Andrew, then we'll let you uh, get back to work mm-hmm. over there. Um, so any, any kind of notable uh, changes or kind of uh, less, I don't want to say last minute because they're never in the last minute, but like uh, uh, renovations that we can expect or, or people that play the black horse and know the course, maybe they see something different come May. Uh, well, no, really for the most part, we're, we're playing the course as it was this year. If, if people haven't been here uh, or haven't seen it since say the last Barclays, you know, we've added a couple of bunkers on the fairway on 18. Yep. Uh, that'll be the biggest difference, I think, between the majors was uh, the fairway contouring and some of the fairway bunkering on 18 is a little different now. Uh, the fairway used to have an more of an hourglass shape where it really pinched into about 19 yards or so in the center, and then it's kind of flared out to almost 30 yards in the front of the fairway. So now uh, it, it's not uh, it's not 24 yards exactly across mm-hmm. the whole way, but it's roughly 24 yards, uh, give or take a yard, the whole way. Uh, from you know the top to the bottom of the fairway, with a little bit of motion in there. So, uh, you know, I think they're trying to encourage players to to kind of hit it, you know, try to hit it past those bunkers. And then the bunkers were added short right on the fairways, just in case anyone tried to lay up. If they, uh, you know, if, if they lay up and miss, they're going to be in some danger where that might not have happened in the, the past tournaments we've had. Do you have any input on course setup at all, or will that be mostly handled by PJ of America? Uh, the PGA America handles a good, good, good amount of that. Yeah. I think uh, I, I've been so I've been to the past. Uh, I've been pretty fortunate enough. So you know, I went to went to Belle Reve this year, and uh, I took a I took a vacation to well, I went to Hazeltine and took a vacation out there for the Ryder Cup. So I've met some of the and even I even took a, a vacation out to Paris for the Ryder Cup this year. Yeah. So I spent a little time with uh, yeah with Kerry Hay, who's uh, is the championship coordinator. So yep. you know, he's the guy who makes a lot of those decisions, but. You know he'll. Uh, you know we've we've had some of those discussions already. So the rough will probably be a little bit you know uh, deeper than the than the general. We usually cut it at three inches for public play. Mm-hmm. So it'll probably be a little bit more gnarly for the for the PGA. And then Good. you know in terms of green speeds, uh, <laughs> there's no yeah there's no exact number for green speeds. I mean it'll be uh, I, I think the phrase gets uh, put out where it's championship championship speed. But a lot of that yeah. depends on the weather too and what what we can do. I mean we're going to do our best, but mm-hmm. I think uh, you know we also have to. Keep in mind that you know we just want consistent conditions throughout the golf course, and and uh, yeah, we're just gonna keep keep our you know our, our shoulder to the grindstone all all winter long, and, and try and pull this tournament off and do the best we can. Love it, love it. Uh, 
a very important question. Uh, maybe should have been the yep. first one I asked. Do you have a golf dog that kind of roams around the golf course with you? Uh, Mike does actually. Mike, okay. Mike's more the dog guy. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so Mike's got a black horse. Uh, we got a. Uh, he's a, he's a big Pittsburgh guy, so he's got a dog Steely that uh, that roams around with him. So it's a good looking dog. So a couple of the guys have some dogs running around. So uh, this time of year, especially, it's, it's nice to see. Uh, a dog running on a golf course is a nice thing to see. So uh, they just look so happy. <laughs> I know, it's so good. They're literally in paradise and and chasing away any geese that are are on the golf course. And uh, you know, like they, they actually like you know they serve like a greater purpose, which is like which I I just I find fascinating. I I, I love to hear it. But um, uh, Andrew, yeah. how can people yep. follow you on Twitter because you you do such a great job. Um, at like providing like these kind of real-time updates and um, a lot of the um, whether it's uh, some renovation or whatever it is um, it's it's super fascinating um, so how can people what's your Twitter handle that people can follow you uh, it's at greenside up 17 so yeah so I, I try to post uh, you know whether it's black horse updates or even park wide updates yeah. uh, you know yeah you know I, I try to keep it you know I keep it pretty positive so uh, yeah whether we're redoing uh, you know a bunker on the black horse or if we're doing drainage maybe just give give people kind of an idea of you know if they see a big hole in the ground what we're doing and what the purpose is and mm-hmm. and things like that i mean we are uh you know we're a public golf course and i i, I kind of like the whole uh, the people's country club uh, mantra i mean Hell we try yeah. to give people good value for, you know we're trying to give people good value for their money and we want people to uh to think that at least we're being uh we, you know we're using their dollars efficiently so that's what that's uh you know we kind of like to hear that when uh when golfers compliment us and you know for the most part we do get a lot of compliments here so it's always nice to see that uh you know like i said we're, we're just trying to take that seriously that we want to give the golfers uh the public golfer who might not get a chance to play some of the the super high-end courses we want to give them value for money and, and make sure they have fun i mean well people yep. to be out here and have a good time and uh and like I said, and they can hopefully they, you know, we have a lot of stories where people say they can start. They started playing here when they were, you know, 15 years old, and now they're 65 and they're still playing here. So my that's dad. What, that's what we're trying to do. <laughs> that's my. T- yep, you're, yep. Ta- you're talking about my dad right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that's that's a great story. I mean, that's what we're trying to do. It's a it's a game for a lifetime. So yeah. hopefully we can get customers for a lifetime and, so and make people happy. Love it. Well, you guys, I mean, you guys never you guys never fail to amaze uh, not only myself but. Uh, but golfers um, around New York and people who travel all over the world to come play the black course and everybody is always like holy cow like that that's a public golf course like that conditioning like are you kidding me so like that's I mean those are things I hear um, throughout the year for sure Um, but I'll I'll leave you with this Andrew Uh, the best case scenario for you and your team this winter to get the course I guess in maybe in your eyes the most ideal shape what will it? What will the winter entail for that to happen? Uh, you know what? Like the the next two weeks worth of weather, where it's kind of mid forties, and it gets you know maybe right around freezing, a little below freezing at night. But I mean, if it stay, if it can stay in the low forties for highs, and uh, you know we, we could take an inch or two here or there of snow, but if it can stay uh, really above freezing is what we'd like to see. Uh, just just uh, a milder winter would be the big thing with the. Uh, you know, a little bit of moisture here and there. It could even it could even snow two inches on Christmas Eve. That'd be kind of nice. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, other than that, yeah, that's that's our, our biggest thing. And then in the springtime, maybe if it would warm up a little bit more in the spring. Uh, you know, the past few Aprils, that's we've had some pretty cold, uh, yeah. kind of miserable Aprils lately. So yep. hopefully we get into some uh, you know some nice sixty degree temperatures in April and really green the place up a couple of uh, you know a couple of weeks earlier than it has been happening. That that's uh, that'd be a big goal for us too. 
or right. yeah, a wish, a wish list. <laughs> right, that's your, right. Add to your wish list. It's not too late. It's uh, it's it's almost September, so it makes sense. It's very yeah. timely. Uh, but uh, Andrew, thank you so much for for coming on, dropping knowledge. Um, I really hope uh, uh, for you and your team, it's a it's a successful winter, and I would love to have you on again. Um, maybe as spring rises um, in early 2019 uh, to just kind of uh, give us some more updates and stuff on, on how you guys are doing. But uh, thanks again very much. Uh, good luck to you guys, and, and I hope to talk to you soon, buddy.